Welcome to the ForexWarrior.com podcast, where it's all Forex, all the time. The latest and hottest topics in the world of currency trading, right here at your fingertips. Live Forex trading, psychology, money management, chart setups, news events, automated trading, and expert trading interviews. Plus, we review brokerages from around the world. From beginner to advanced, there is something for everyone. Are you ready for a change? Do you have what it takes to be a Forex warrior? Learn how to live the Forex lifestyle. With over 13 years in the Forex markets and connections around the globe, here is your host, Dr. Jason Gospodarek. Greetings, fellow traders, and welcome to episode number seven of the ForexWarrior.com podcast. Thanks for taking your time today to listen. As you might know, we put out these episodes one time a week, every Sunday evening, right around 7 p.m. Central Time here in the U.S., and I encourage you to just sort of clear your mind, clear your desk, put things away, listen to this podcast, and take the information from it, and try to distill down some little nuggets that you can use in your own trading. If you're new to the podcast, don't forget to look back at the old episodes. We have episode 000, which is the introduction to the Forex Warrior podcast and what it's all about. We talk about gambling versus Forex trading, why Forex traders fail in episode number two, treating Forex trading like a business, getting structured to your trading. Episodes six and seven talk about technical analysis and fundamental analysis. And today, we're going to talk about how to take your trading to the next level. Now, as always, I'm super honest and transparent with everybody who's here. I want to make sure that I'm always straightforward with you. I want to be your friend in the Forex marketplace. So I want to tell it like it is. This podcast you're about to listen to actually is a PowerPoint presentation that I had put together a while ago. And at the end of the podcast, probably the second half, it's all screenshots about trades and performance and spreadsheets and looking at different charts and things. So obviously here, as you're listening to this audio podcast, you're not going to be able to see what I'm showing you. I'm still going to cover most of them, but I'm going to sort of skip through it. So this episode, episode 007, might be just a little bit shorter than average. But remember, if you have ideas for future podcasts or people that you want to see interviewed here, send me an email to jason at theforexwarrior.com and I'll see if we can put something together. The first step to take your trading to the next level in the Forex market is to trade like a professional. Here are some of the basics, and some of these things I touched on earlier, some not as much. The proper psychology is very important. Being able to control the greed and the fear in the Forex marketplace is very important if you want to become a consistent, profitable, long-term trader in the markets. Psychology was one of my favorite topics back in the college years, and I can tell you there's this whole sort of herding mentality that goes on in the markets. It's sort of like in daily life. How many times have you been driving down the road and there's a traffic jam where things either are barely moving or stopped altogether and you're wondering what in the world is going on up there only to get up miles ahead after all this time waiting to find out that there was a fender bender and the traffic isn't even blocked but everybody who drives by has to take their five seconds to check things out. They want to go real slow and look and look and look and sort of do that rubbernecking, gawking off to the side to see what's going on over there in the ditch where the car might have went. And there's really no blockage of the road at all. It's that herding mentality. I used an analogy in an earlier presentation about one of the local casinos here that's not too far from my place. 
We're eating food at the restaurant, talking with some friends and family. And over at the little window where they give out perks for players, there's all these people lining up. Like, what's going on over there? Once it was all finished and the people cleared up about 45 minutes later, we were done with our meal. I walked over there and asked one of the workers, I said, what happened over there? And he said, nothing. There was a promotion going on for the last day and two people came and then three people came and then everybody saw other people there and everybody else wanted to see what was going on, but there was nothing that happened at that time. That happens in trading. It's that sort of herding mentality that you see. Here's another example, and I'm sure you get the idea, but just another good example. If the markets are relatively quiet, maybe there's no scheduled news releases coming up, but for maybe six to 12 hours, there are some rumors out of the Eurozone about quantitative easing. Those rumors start to show up on people's news feeds. They start to be retweeted on Twitter. They start to show up in the forums, and it gives people something to talk about, and it becomes sort of an over-exaggeration of the market, so the Euro may strengthen or weaken, based on that topic only because there's nothing else going on in the market and it really isn't even that big of a deal. So be aware of that. When you watch those charts go up and down, be aware that these are people who are buying and selling based on chart patterns, based on fundamentals, based on the herding mentality of people, about fear, based on greed. There's also this whole other side of algorithmic trading, the sort of trading robots or the big banks that have certain price points that they're looking for. And you'll see all this volatility and liquidity come into the markets. And just use that information. And don't forget that when you watch the price move, it's more about what people are buying or selling and what's going on in their minds than it is about the price in that chart. Everything is priced in to that exact price point that you're looking at, say on the Euro dollar, for example. All the news, all the rumors, all the emotions are all priced into that exact price right now. Review trading psychology. There are so many great books. I'm sure a lot of you have read some of them. There's podcasts that are out there. There's courses that are out there on psychology. But in my opinion, psychology is probably the most important part of trading. Next, I want to touch on risk tolerance. How much risk can you tolerate before becoming uncomfortable? Some traders say they risk a quarter percent of their account on a given trade. Other traders risk a half percent, one percent, some five or ten percent, and some will risk whatever it takes so that they don't lose. You have to know what your risk tolerance is. Your trading should be the same whether you're in profit or you're in a loss or you're having a good day or a bad day or a good week or a bad week. It's not easy to do and we go back to psychology because of that. But you wanna be able to be comfortable with your trades. If you're in a trade, and we all know the Forex market goes 24 hours a day from Sunday evening here in the US to Friday afternoon, can you go to bed and sleep eight hours and let that trade go? How much risk are you comfortable with? And just to put your mindset out there, let's say you have $10,000 account. If you lost $5 out of 10,000, would it make you wanna keep checking, keep checking, watching, staying up at night? And if not, how much would? $100, 1,000, 5,000 or half the account? There's a level in there where you start to become uncomfortable. And the sort of mental trick is you wanna be just on the south side of that. Look, you wanna be big enough in your trading that you can make some profits, make it all worthwhile, but you don't wanna have that stress level that's there. So first we have psychology, next we have risk tolerance, which is also a part of the psychological component here of trading like a professional. And next we have technical and fundamental analysis. I've touched on those in the last two episodes. You can look back to episodes number five and six to learn more about technical and fundamental analysis here at theforexwarrior.com if you're on the website or looking at it in the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get them from. Technical analysis is reading the charts, the chart patterns, the price point. Fundamental analysis is reading the geopolitical side of trading, the news, 
the rumors, the acts of God or war, the things that are going on sort of uh, in the world market, that vibe that's there, that bias of currency strength or weakness. And you put those two things together to get a more successful trading strategy and more correlation of trade ideas. Next, we have asking the right questions. Asking the right questions is a very important thing that you should go through. You might remember one of my earlier podcasts. I told you how I take my trades, how I look at the news. I look at the long-term charts, that top-down analysis. I look left. I see if there's any key levels coming up. The other question you want to ask yourself, and this sort of goes into the next point of journaling and goal setting, is when do I take a trade? When am I the most successful? Am I more successful during London session when there's high volatility or more successful during Tokyo session where generally the markets are a little more quiet? Now, obviously, certain pairs like the yen pair might move more in Tokyo session or if there's news releases out of Australia, for example. But there's going to be certain time frames of the day, certain periods of the day, certain markets that you become more comfortable with. Here in the U.S., a lot of traders that I talk to do it as a hobby or a part-time thing or they're trying to learn and they generally have a regular job. Now, it could be first, second, third shift, but let's imagine a nine-to-five job. You come home, you get settled in, you eat your dinner, do things with the family, and then you have a few hours to look at the charts. That's usually right smack dab in the middle of Tokyo session where markets are sometimes the quietest. So what I've had a lot of friends tell me over the years years is, especially in this area of the world, is that they do their review, they read their blogs and their forums and their news, and they pick out a trade and they get in the trade, but nothing really happens because the market doesn't sometimes pick up until midnight central time, 1 a.m. in the morning, and then of course 2 a.m. when the London session opens. So you have to be prepared to ask yourself the right questions based on what you've done before. When are you the most comfortable? When are you the most successful? What time of the day works for you? What day of the week is better? What currency pairs work for you? And then you ask the right questions. How much of my account can I risk? How certain am I on my little checklist of criteria that I watch for for each trade? How many of these does it meet? Is this trade a 10 on a 10 or is it only a 7 on a 10? Another question that I think is important to ask is, which currency pair is the best one for you to trade right now? For example, let's say you want to sell the US dollar. You think the U.S. dollar is going to get weak. You could either buy the euro versus the dollar. You could buy the Great British Pound versus the dollar. You could buy the Aussie versus the dollar. You could buy the Canadian versus the dollar. So what you do is you look at that currency that you feel is going to weaken. Say it's the USD. And then you check the strength of the euro, the pound, the Aussie, the Canadian, whatever other currency you like to trade. And you compare those. Maybe you look at the euro versus the pound chart, the euro versus the Aussie chart. You try to find the strongest pair to put against that dollar so you get the most bang for your buck. So if you're selling the USD, you'd be buying the euro dollar or the pound dollar, for example. So let's say the Aussie is the strongest currency yesterday, today, and it's looking like it's going to continue on. So then your trade would be in the Australian versus US dollar because in Forex, we always trade in pairs. There's no top or bottom to the chart. It basically goes up. If the first pair is stronger and the second one's weaker, or it goes down if the second pair is stronger in the pair and the first one's weaker. Finding out the best possible combination of the strongest pair versus the weakest is a great question to ask yourself before you get into any trade. And I sort of touched on journaling and goal setting. Journaling and goal setting is probably the least exciting part of trading. But I tell you, from mentoring a lot of traders over the years and doing these live streams for hundreds and hundreds of days, the people who keep their journals, the ones who record 
why they got in a trade. Now, I'm not talking about just tr printing off your MetaTrader 4 or 5 history and looking back at it at the end of the quarter. I'm talking about making some notes. When did I take it? Why did I take it? How did it turn out? Looking back at those notes can be hugely important to your future. We've all heard the saying that if you keep repeating the same things over and over and over, you get the same results. It's a habit. Some people don't know why they're always losing unless they keep a journal. So journaling, writing down why you traded, how you traded, what you did, why you did it. Over time, you look back at that. Because let's let's be honest here. If you're trading an account, let's say you blew up a few accounts. Let's say you lost $300, maybe $5,000, whatever it is. You lost some money. Maybe you made some money. Could you really tell someone, let's say I was mentoring you, could you email me or do a Skype call with me and explain why you lost $500 in an Aussie trade six weeks ago and what happened? No, probably not. I mean, maybe you could remember some of them, but if you're doing a lot of trades, it's hard to, it's hard to remember that stuff. Keeping a good journal and being held accountable is important to be a professional. Next, I want to touch on compounding profits. It's been said that compounding profits is one of the mysteries of the world. And if you're new to what compounding profits is, because you can also compound losses, compounding profits mean you take a little bit of profit, you use that profit to make a little bit more, make a little bit more, make a little bit more. And if everything goes perfectly, you get the one plus one equals two, two plus two equals four, four plus four equals eight, eight plus eight equals 16. And you get this exponential logarithmic explosive parabolic growth to your trading balance. Obviously that doesn't happen that way all the time, but compounding profits is one of the ways that most successful traders grow their accounts over time. You take that little edge, and again, I know I'm bringing up a lot of different points here, but again, I'm trying to summarize some of the podcasts that we've done before and some of the notes that I shared with you before, but you take those little tiny bits of out of the market that are to your advantage. Maybe it's the news that came out a little bit ago, or maybe it's the, the trading chart. Maybe we're right about to a critical support or resistance level. Maybe the trading time of day, the market, we're getting into the London session where things are really liquid and volatile. And you take all those things together, along with your ability to be watching the trade at that time, and you take it and you make a little bit of money, close the trade, and then you go a little bit larger on the next trade, a little bit larger on the next trade. And by going larger, I don't mean increasing your lot size just to do it, but if you risk a set percent on each trade or each basket of trades, like a lot of traders do, that will be exponentially larger. If your account grows, 1% is gonna be more tomorrow than it was today if you're doing well. And as you lose, it slows you down. Using that percentage of risk is a great way to sort of keep your bearings and keep your mental psychology in the right place. Because if you get into a losing stretch, which we all do, we all have been down that road, the high road and the low road, right? If you get into a losing stretch, you don't wanna chase your losses. You wanna be able to slow down a little bit, take a break. And as you lose a little bit more money, that 1%, 2%, whatever it might be, will become less and less trade size. And it's sort of like pulling the brake on your trading. And as you win, that percentage becomes bigger and it exponentially increases the growth of your account. So I encourage people I talk to always look at percentages, not profit in dollars, profit in pips, but percentages, because percentages are what makes the world go round as far as compounding profits are concerned. And that's the way a real professional grows their account. So just to briefly review, we have trading psychology, risk tolerance, technical and fundamental analysis, asking the right questions, journaling reviews and goal setting, 
and compounding profits. The next few points I think are worth talking about here on how to become more of a professional trader. And one is correlations. I already touched on that a little bit with you, but you wanna take all the things in the market that correlate together and the more of those things that you can get to correlate, the more successful you're gonna be. And I already give you some examples of that. Say there's no news coming up for a pair for a little bit, so you're not too worried about anything at least that's planned to surprise you. Let's say you're at a, a psychological level. Let's say the euro dollar is at 1.20000. Let's say your account balance has plenty of equity left in it, so you're ready to trade. Maybe you have a Fibonacci level that we're just about to hit on that currency pair as well. And we're at a support level besides. So you take those things, maybe you're in the, the top of a head and shoulders pattern, and you put them all together, the more things that correlate with your trade plan or trade idea, the more successful you'll be. Taking those little bits of advantages and putting them in your pocket, using them to make money in the markets. Next, we have Fibonacci levels. Fibonacci, if you're new to it, it's spelled F-I-B-O-N-A-C-C-I, -C -C -I, Fibonacci. And I remember back in my college days, at eight years of college I had, learning about Fibonacci and how it shows up in nature, whether it's in a cauliflower head or in the rings around a pineapple or in a pine cone. You may have seen the Nautilus shape. That Fibonacci level is a natural level. And whether you believe in Fibonacci, projections and extensions in trading, it doesn't really matter because it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And here's the way it works. Fibonacci levels are the natural levels of nature. You might have seen pictures of the joints of a finger or the size of your body. And if you're not sure what it is, just look it up on Google. Fibonacci levels. Again, that's F-I-B-O-N-A-C-C-I. -C -C Fibonacci levels are levels that you can watch on your chart for retracements, for extensions or projections for targets on your trading. And they become self-fulfilling prophecies because a lot of traders use Fibonacci levels. And what happens is the more people who watch for them and take action at those levels, the more the market moves. I've given entire talks on Fibonacci for hours, so I'm not going to get into depth on it right now. I want to bring up one type of trading that I like to do, and it's called divergence trading. If you don't know what divergence trading is, basically what it is is it uses a couple indicators and oscillators to filter out uh, trades. And again, this is where a picture is worth a thousand words. But if you if you picture in your mind a chart, let's just say it's the dollar yen, USD JPY, the dollar yen. Let's say it goes up and then it comes back and it goes up again to that same level and it comes back. That could be a double top. It may have been a little higher or lower on the second high. But what you do is you draw a line across that. And let's say the second top was a little bit higher. So you have sort of a rising trend line between those two tops. Then you look at what I like to use, the MACD, Moving Average Convergence Divergence. And you have the MACD settings the way you like them. And then I also use stochastics. I put my stochastic filter to 20 and 80. And what I'll do is I will look to sell that dollar yen when the price is rising, like on the top, like I described, and the MACD is falling. So we have a divergence between price action and the swing highs or swing lows on the MACD chart. And then another filter is the stochastics. When it's an overbought, when the stochastics are high, that tells you that the trade or the pattern or the chart might move to the downside. For those of you who are listening to this who are thinking, what is this guy talking about? Stochastics, MACD, they're, they're indicators, oscillators you can put in your chart. They're lagging. I usually trade with naked charts, just candlesticks. But for divergence trading, the reason it's nice is it gives you these additional filters to sort of keep you out of trades. If you just sell every double top, you're going to end up losing in the end. So finding these other things like the MACD, the stochastics, 
going up to longer term time frames, for example, to make them more valid, more important, is adding to those correlations I mentioned before to make you more successful. Divergence trading, um, I send up some chart templates on MetaTrader 4, and it's really a simple way to trade. We actually had created an automatic trading indicator based on just divergence trading, which has done pretty well over time. It does a little bit better on the longer term timeframes, like the daily and weekly, but for people who are interested in learning more, I would encourage you just simply to look it up online. Divergence trading. I use the stochastics in MACD and in the future on the website, I'm going to have more examples so you can look at the forexwarrior.com and take a look at what I mean. The next step in trading like a professional is analyzing the cost of trading. And when I say cost of trading, I don't only mean the price that you're trading at or the lot size you're using or the amount you're risking in your trade. I mean the price of doing business like a professional, your trading computer, the chair you're sitting in, the office you're in, even if it's in your own home. Here in the US, you can do a home office deduction for something. Now the tax laws are changing. When you're listening to this, it might be different, but you can deduct sometimes the cost of your internet connection. You can deduct the cost of your heat, the courses that you buy in the Forex market, the time that you dedicate to it. So there's a lot of costs of doing business that can sometimes be written off or deducted against losses or profits in your trading account in the end. But always speak to a certified and licensed tax professional before making any of those assumptions because that's something I don't know a whole lot about, but I have people on my team that do. And one of the final points to trade like a professional is just to think outside the box. I'm looking at a picture now of a of a mind that has all the atoms and the DNA strands turning in it with the vibes coming out. You want to think outside the box. Trading, like I mentioned, over and over is between your ears. It's a business that's done totally in your mind. Think outside the box. You want to be able to beat the market, right? You want to be able to trade like the big banks do. Maybe it's looking at COT reports, the commitment of traders reports to follow the big money. Think outside the box. Remember, when the obvious things happen in the market, usually it's already too late. So you want to be ahead of the game. You want to be thinking fundamentally and adding that into your technical analysis. So again, I could talk about this for hours and I have before, but I'm going to leave it at that for now. So treat your trading as a business not a hobby. But remember, it's okay to have fun and be passionate about your business. You can do this and have a great time. You can wear a funny hat every time you trade. You can have some crazy background screensavers. You can have motivation, whether it's a Lamborghini or your dream house or just having your bills paid off. Or if you're like me, just having more free time. That can be your goal. But don't be afraid to be passionate. Be excited about it. If somebody that you're around doesn't believe you or thinks it's some kind of a scam or get-rich-quick thing, then you have to decide how much you tell them about it. My next point is to surround yourself with like-minded people. Whether you're part of a trade group or you're subscribed to this podcast or you visit the forexwarrior.com and get in our email list so we can all be working together, part of our Facebook group. There's all sorts of ways to surround yourself with like-minded people who have the right goals in mind. And I'm not talking about the people who you see on Instagram these days where it's all about packs of $100 bills and fancy cars and helicopters and things, because that's not what most people are after. Most people are after free time getting out of their debt burden, maybe leaving their full-time job for simply a part-time job and doing trading. Try to find people that think like yourself. And remember, we all heard this before. You become who you hang around with, with the most. You're sort of a summary of your five closest friends. And it can be very, very true. Nowadays, because of technology, some of your closest friends or colleagues could be in different countries all the way around the world. If you talk on Skype or you talk on Zoom or whatever it might be. 
Always try to up your game as far as business connection and colleagues are concerned. Now I'm at the point in the talk where I have a lot of images to show, and of course you can't see them. So I'm just gonna give you just a few seconds on each one. I have one image where I took an account. I have the screenshots and the videos on my website, on YouTube that you can look at if you ever want to, turning $300 into $11,900 in a few days. And the point of this slide is anybody can get lucky in the markets. Anybody can lose everything they have in the markets. It's all about skill. So if you wanna build $300 into almost 12,000 in a week, you have to realize that you're probably gonna lose $300 over and over and over and over and over again until you build it up into 12,000. Most people will lose it so many times that they'll never get to 12,000 or if they get to 12,000, they've already spent 15 or 17,000. So you have to be able to be in control, have realistic goals, but also, and this is really important everybody, realize that it can be done. People are making money trading the Forex markets consistently and it can be done. The most important thing that people don't realize is that they're going too big because of leverage and because of all the margin that's allowed. The next slide I had to show was some of my trading history from my FX book. I had all the currency pairs and was showing all the win rates I was at anywhere from 55 to 90% winners over, I think this was six months. I went over some of those statistics with those who were interested in it. Uh, the next picture I had was divergence. And I sort of explained it before with the swing highs or swing lows and the MACD and stochastics and when to enter. The thing I didn't mention though is how I get my price point. If you're familiar with divergence trading or you've seen my trading before on YouTube, I've had videos, I think videos that are 11 or 12 years old already on YouTube. My projections are generally the 100% Fibonacci level, which is the swing high or low itself, and then the 161.8, and then I go on to the 200 or 400 level, and I'll take off different order sizes as I go. Because if you don't know it, you can close partial orders in your platform. You don't have to close it all or have multiple orders. If you have a two-lot order, you can close a 0.5 out of there if you'd like. The next image is explaining more about divergence trading. And then I have a, a bunch of images in a row that show some profitable trades and why they work that way. But if you're newer or not that familiar with MetaTrader 4 or MetaTrader 5, this is a little tip that I would encourage you to check out. When you have your terminal open, that's where you see all your live trades going on and you click on history and you look at the account history for all the trades that you won or lost, you can actually click on a trade, say the dollar yen, hold it and drag it onto the actual chart itself and it'll put an arrow where you got in and where you got out of the trade. And you can drag all of your trades onto different charts and see all the blue arrows for buys and the red arrows for sell and the yellow arrow where you got out. And it's sort of fun to look at that. If you have a little basket of trades, you can see where you got in and where you got out, take screenshots, put it in your journal, that type of thing. But just a great way to keep track of your trading. My next picture, again, I know you can't see it, a little frustrating, I'm sure, to not be able to see it. When the pips are running, when the trade is going in your favor, don't be afraid to let the thing run. If you don't have a reason to get out, don't get out. Now, if you have a trading plan and it says your target's 40 pips and it hits your target or your profit or take profit level, you're done, you're out, you had a winning trade, you go on to the next, that's fine. But if you're trading and you're waiting for a reason to get out, maybe it's a certain Fibonacci level retracement, maybe it's a certain number on the platform or a swing high or swing low, and that, that is not happening yet, that did not occur, don't get out. Some of the best traders I know are 50% winners, 50% losers, but when they win, the wins can be two, three, four, five, six, even 10 times the size of their losses because they're not afraid to be comfortable with profit floating in their account and going up and down over time. 
And my final point, this is something that I like to do a lot in my accounts, is I scale into winners. Some traders call it pyramiding in, adding in, top down, whatever you wanna call it. When I get into a trade, I will add smaller orders to my buy or sell as they go up to certain key levels or certain support levels, and I will scale into that winner. As an example, let's say I have a 5.0 lot trade on the Euro dollar and I'm buying it and it goes up 15 or 20 pips, I will put sometimes a three, sometimes a two lot order to buy it at the top, and I will continue to hopefully watch that rise and then add a one or one and a half, and then maybe a 0.5. So when I have a winner, I add to those winners quite often. Not all the time, but quite often. And one thing that you can do to make sure that you don't lose all your money in the Forex market is never add to a loser. If your trade's negative, don't think you're gonna get in at a better price and add to that loser. That's what most people do. Just remember this, whatever you're doing right now, just clear your mind, listen to this advice. I promise it will help you. I mean this deeply, passionately. Don't add to losing trades. Adding to winners is okay. You can move your stops up and have the same exact risk with two or three orders that are already on as the same initial larger first order. Scaling into a winner, I'm good with that. I do it all the time. That's how I become more successful in my account. But don't add to a loser. That's just one of the rules of the game as far as I'm concerned. If you're adding to a loser, that thing's gonna get bigger and bigger and more ugly. So only add to winners. So that's it for today. I know this is sort of quick and to the point, but this is how to take your trading in the Forex markets to the next level. I hope that you were able to get some great information here. I have so much more to share with you, but there's only so many hours in a day, right? What I'm gonna be doing in the future here is adding more people to interview so we can have some great interaction and they can share the podcast with their groups and we can grow this thing exponentially. The growth so far for the podcast has been awesome. Thank you very much. If you like this episode, please go to the Forex Warrior and share that link, that episode, with someone that you care about who's trying to learn how to trade. Post it in your social media. It'll be a great thing. I'm always here to support people. Jason at theforexwarrior.com. And if you're new to the website, when you click on episodes and see them all listed, if you click the episode logo or icon, you can actually get a whole page with the show notes and all the links to things I've covered. I'm really working hard to grow this out for you. And this is totally free. There's nothing to sell, nothing to buy. It's just free information. And that's sometimes hard to find these days. So make sure and take advantage of it. And I hope that you have a great trading day and an excellent trading week. And I will see you on the other side. Thank you for listening to the ForexWarrior.com podcast. Subscribe for free in iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and on many more sites all over the web. If you know someone who might enjoy being a guest on a future podcast interview, or if you have something you would like to hear as a hot topic, send an email to jason at theforexwarrior.com. Forex trading involves risk, so be sure to read the disclaimer on our site. Check out the podcast and resource pages for show notes and links covered in this episode. For the hottest merchandise in the biz, and to learn more about being a true Forex warrior, visit theforexwarrior.com.